Genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we're analyzing and celebrating and dating your daughter in Spider-Man 3. (laughs) (laughs) One, one, I'm pretty sure she's dead minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And I'm Joe Dorowski. I'm not ready for the dating your daughter. That's pretty good. <laughs> Welcome back, Is guys. He Let's wait. Uh, today, we are talking about Minute 35, which starts with the phone cord snapping, sending Gwen sliding, and uh, ends with uh, uh, Gwen getting knocked off the wall by the crane and uh, falling to her death. Presumably. <laughs> Most likely. Presumably. Yeah. There's... I don't, really know, I, don't know what, I don't know how else this could end. I mean, it's <laughs> I, see, I see minimal other options. Yes. Right. Um, uh, so, so, you know, I, I think, I think the phone cord uh, physics seemed worse than it was yesterday because yeah. it immediately breaks in this. It, do, it does. It yes. does pop out. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, it doesn't pop out. It snaps. Oh, um, it, it snaps like in, in the, the middle part. of the cord, which yeah. is weird. Like that's oh, the strongest right. part of the cord, at least right? It's, that's what it seems like to me. It's hard yeah. to tell with the camera angle, but it, does that seem right to you guys? Mm-hmm. It's it, like it's it, like eight rings up and not quite to the other end. Yeah, it's yeah. Se- well, uh, no, because it's oh, it is it is stretched at the very end at the at the tip the part that's fa- like going under the camera. You know, mm-hmm. it's straight. It's not curly anymore, and that's because that's the part that's like that hooks into the phone, oh, and then yeah. that oh. gets pulled out. That's what's happening. Okay. Um, it just seems like a, an awfully small section of cord for yeah, I don't think it's a very off. I don't think it's a very long phone. Because it's you a have prop to lean phone. Into this one. You know <laughs> what it looks like to me? It looks like they had her hanging onto this phone thing and Sam Raimi just cut the thing. Just <laughs> like there was a there was a grip. Sam Raimi <laughs> himself <laughs> just <laughs> snipped it. Well some wire cutters. All right, ready? Yeah. And yeah. Go. <laughs> He's like, on the count of three, ready? One. Two clip. Uh, so we got um, that. So yeah, I'm not. I'm. I. It's hard to tell exactly yeah. what happens, and yeah. like the length of the cord seems funky. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. It definitely looks like it's straight right up, right at the corner of the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So so anyway, so she goes sliding to the side. She gets. Uh. She's holding on to the to the side of the wall that's hanging out of the skyscraper. Um. Uh, we now go back down to uh, Captain Stacy, who is uh, watching this from the ground, and we meet. We are. We are. This is minute thirty-five of the film, and we finally meet the last character, the last new character <laughs> in the movie, uh, and that is uh, that of Edward Brock Jr., sir. Um, and uh, I, I love. I, that's exactly how I think of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so Eddie Brock uh, makes his first appearance. Uh, this is, of course, played by Topher Grace. Um, and I, I have a theory that this particular scene, I don't mean the whole crane sequence. I just mean this 
very particular scene right here between Eddie and Captain Stacy. This scene is so horrible, so, <laughs> so just inexplicably bad. It is. It has a stink on it that is just so bad that this character and Topher Grace's take on this character never recovered because this is the yeah. first experience like this, we are being introduced to this character in one of the if not the worst scene in the entire movie yeah and he just never recovers never because his take is the, fine not, not the worst like his take no, I no worse than that. Definitely, I know what everybody like wants to point at as like the worst section of this movie. But I, this when we get worse. there, we, have this fun is with worse it. because this there's is at not least, fun. The the other thing is bad on purpose. Yeah, this isn't this is, bad on purpose. This this thinks it's a competent scene, and it's not. Yeah, it's this is it's thinking. Functioning. Oh, it's okay. We are taking a little break from the action. We're delivering some exposition. We're establishing relationships. But like, we are introducing a character. But it's like. This sucks. <laughs> He's dating Gwen, and his response to her hanging off the side of a skyscraper is, "Oh my God, that's Gwen." Mm-hmm. And, and I'm also what? going to introduce myself calmly and to, then, to her father. Like, uh-huh. does he? So he knows that he's standing next to her dad. Yeah, and yeah. knows that they have never met. Right. He's taking this as an so, opportunity to introduce himself because they're not actually dating. So he's trying to in like ingrish, like, uh, like yeah, 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 like put himself into her life, and by mm-hmm. by by finding her father, introducing himself as her boyfriend, and like yeah. it's a really sleazy thing and exactly the kind of thing that Eddie Brock would do, pre Venom, pre like antihero, whatever. But like mm-hmm. the, the problem is like they are I don't know if this was directed by second unit or what, but like mm-hmm. one, the dialogue is horrible. Like everything they're talking about is so inappropriate given given the situation. Um yes. I and and but they're doing it in such a way like it's just like they just saw her doing something weird at the park. Like 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 oh who's she that, doing who's that, over there? Yeah, who's that wacky who's that wacky lady doing the somersaults in the in the field over there? Oh my god, that's Gwen. What yeah. let me see your what? camera. Oh, that is Gwen. Wait, how <laughs> do you know her? Who are you? Like that's yeah. a more inappropriate that's a more appropriate yeah. time to be having this level of conversation. Yeah. Not when your girlfriend girlfriend air quotes, girlfriend yeah. slash daughter is hanging off the side of a skyscraper. Are you kidding me? This yeah, is, and, it's, and he shakes his hand. Like he he's he shakes his hand, doesn't he? Like oh, I'm yeah. making a good below, below right camera. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it seems that way. He's just like, and then he says, he says, "Oh my God, it's Gwen." This guy doesn't know who this guy is. Why does his logic leap to his daughter, Gwen? Like, what? Gwen, that's my daughter's name. Yeah, that's my that's the Why old, did you the say only that name? Pr- Gwen, the princess of New York. Of course, that must be who he's talking about. <laughs> She's at the center of all action in these few days and then and then like him saying like oh uh, you know what's she doing up there oh i don't know she said she had a modeling gig last night wait like, what's she doing up you? there she's about to fall to her death like, but, like what do you mean? What takes what time to doing? turn back to him and say wait who are you what like mm-hmm. i just your daughter who cares who he is your daughter <laughs> is hanging from a skyscraper yeah and like, like i just can't I don't understand the, i just can't what's what's she doing up there it's like what she shouldn't have been in a building? Yeah. 
Like, what? Like, I didn't give her permission be to be above thirty floors. Like, I, I just want him to go grab like a like uh, one of those uh, the the speaker cones, like the, <laughs> the what, what are, horn things. Yeah, the horns. I just want him to get on the horn and just be like, Gwen. I don't know what you think you're doing, but I, you better get down this instantly, <laughs> young lady. Like, just like that'll do, Gwen. Uh, that'll do. I, I just, <laughs> I don't, I don't understand what what. I like did Sam show up this day was he not (laughs) telling them to like maybe do it with a little more urgency like I just maybe there's the scene missing where Eddie realizes it's Gwen freaks out knows where he is and then like spots Captain Stacy is like oh wait I can use this and then loses all of his like concern for her because oh this can be a thing so that when that's he goes up really and says really irredeemable yeah. so when he goes up and says oh my god that's Gwen he's bad at it because the character's bad at it not <laughs> the actor's not bad at it because <laughs> yeah. we see Topher uh-huh. Grace in the rest of this movie and like he's a very capable actor his like take on this character of Eddie is I think a totally legitimate one for, yeah. for the <laughs> function it has with this version of Peter Parker um, for sure and and he plays it so deliciously gross and smarmy all of that works why is none of it working here but but it's not just him though either yeah. it's cuz it's, it's James Cromwell is like Academy awful Award in this too James Cromwell yeah, yeah James I, Cromwell is terrible in this like when he says uh when Eddie says I'm dating your daughter like James Cromwell like gives him like this weird side eye look I'm like you are focused on your daughter falling to her death that is where your yeah. eyes are yeah. not like, giving weird like they, sitcom dad side eyes yeah. to, they, to the photographer when like okay so maybe the scene that Eddie and James er, er, and Captain Stacy I'm getting you know fine, Topher and, and James yeah but um maybe like the scene that they were told they were playing was not as dire it like and they cut it so that it was after she was dangling like i don't know and so they told them it's like okay you're gonna see that like there's a crane and she's up in the window and you recognize her and they don't say also she's about to fall down yeah like she's hanging on by her hands about to die like they don't give them enough of that context to be intense yeah, One of yeah. my favorite weird moments of finding out how little actors sometimes know about their scenes is I remember seeing Patrick Stewart on a late night show talking about uh, back with X-Men The Last Stand. Mm-hmm. And he said, I was shooting a scene and they never told me that Wolverine was crawling across the ceiling by his claws. They just said, you look over and see Logan. <laughs> and I had no idea. Like, I saw the, the edited film and I was like, oh, oh, this is much more intense than, than I do. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. that's last stand. But I was gonna say for for this is, is one thing that stands out about this scene and the disconnect with the action that's happening around it is that just earlier this week we we talked about the Peter and MJ scene and how the differing stakes uh, mattered so much to the relationship and how that was played and written really well. And yeah. this we get these differing stakes and something about it is just so discordant that you want to reject their what they're doing, their mm-hmm. conversation, and just say no, no humans would act like this in this moment. And right. it's like yeah, it's I so weird that it. that Eddie like sees her. And then, like, says out loud, as though he's saying it to somebody who's going to understand all of the context. Oh, my gosh, that's Gwen. And it's like, you're saying that as though, like, there's somebody, like, you brought a friend next to you who also knows Gwen. Right. There's no like, way that like plays as Like, you know as somebody a... next to you is going to know what's going on. And it's like, you don't know that. Yeah, that can't work as, like, a genuine response. It only works if he's, like being fakey fake to to talk mm-hmm. directly to captain stacy right yeah i mean I, like, that's why he's standing there when but... they haven't met 
Right. Yeah. Also, this camera has the greatest zoom to ever <laughs> exist. Like the zoom, the 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 lens on that camera should be like two feet long. Right. <laughs> to get to like, get up forty. Is that floors. a camera or a telescope? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it yes. is. Yes, it is. <laughs> the either or. And like God. when he brings it down, it's such a tiny lens. It's insane. Oh my god. You know what's wild? Too? I think the the scene ha- has all of these things like going poorly for it but i think the emphasis gets even worse with the the footage they choose to show right before we cut to them having this oh my god that's when is a close-up of bryce dallas howard doing the most terrified scream that she's done staring down at the ground asking for someone to help her just like screaming for help and that's the shot we have right before that's that's a that's a tough cut Yeah. yeah like that's a like that's a tough emotional bridge to hop across if if they had cut from like the the dangling with the phone bit right to this or even even anything earlier in the sequence like maybe i could glide over that bump but it is mm-hmm. so jarring because we emphasize right before this how life and death this is and then they don't play it as life and death they just play it as i don't know what we're looking at Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we have Bryce Dallas Howard doing like a Fay Ray in King Kong, just screaming yeah. at the top of her lungs nonstop. And they're just having a little chat. Uh, you know, uh, oh, uh, awkward meeting the dad. Oh, it is a policeman. Oh, this is this is intense. Scott, how would you like rewrite this to like function better? Like, can can you make this work? So, I mean, I don't I, I think the, the best way to do this is to just kind of. um not do it because like the, the the problem is the problem is that um there's there's no nothing becomes of this scene right like the mm-hmm. only purpose that it serves is to establish that he's dating air quotes dating gwen stacy and that his name is edward brock jr yeah, like that, he and that he's a photographer that he exists, yeah. right? It's 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 those three things, right? So like I I think that the thing that I would maybe prioritize would be like focusing on um him being photographer guy and like willing to do stuff like you know, maybe he also has a, a radio. Like, I think I would have introduced him earlier. Oh. Had him he, oh, have a, a police scanner also that had the the same the same crane thing and he's like oh i gotta go there and then he heads off um and then we see him again like trying to get uh uh like good photos and then that's when he says when he sees gwen you know and he's like legitimately mm -hmm. like oh my god that's gwen or he doesn't notice at all this is better Mm -hmm. he doesn't notice at all and then it's it's uh uh, captain stacy who realizes that that's he's like that's my daughter that's gwen and then he's like what gwen and then he sees her and he's like oh my god you know like it's Mm -hmm. Ah. it's that like they do not need to have a conversation like there's there 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 like this conversation leads to nothing like absolutely yeah. nothing. nothing. I like, don't think they, they don't. They don't interact later in the film, do they? No, this is the only time they no. ever interact. So like, you just you don't need him to be, and not for nothing, but like it sets up him as being a, a, a smarmy loner better if he's not interacting yeah. with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, and playing. I don't uh, know. If he's got his own the, thing. He's doing the photographer angle yeah. more, and like doing the police scanner thing. It does the doppelganger of Peter Parker a bit more because the like exactly the idea of the rivalry with Gwen yeah. Stacy that does that's not a thing that matters mm-hmm. to the film that we end up getting. Maybe in an earlier draft mm-hmm. somehow that was no, more significant. And, and, and there's no rivalry because, because they're not like <laughs> Peter's using her yeah, anyway. Uh-huh. Like he doesn't. He's just using her to like like piss him off. Like she doesn't actually have romantic feelings for her. Yeah. But but the so, photographer angle, yeah. I think that heightens the you know this this kind of mirror image aspect. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and because he's going to introduce himself anyway, like next week. And, and several or, times. Week. I mean, he introduces yeah, like himself introduction to, God. to Spidey. <laughs> right. Yeah. He'll introduce. <laughs> he's going to introduce himself to Spidey. He's going to introduce himself to, to Jonah. And, and yeah. yeah. <laughs> to the Lord Almighty. <laughs> uh, so, like, what is. He introduces th- himself. This is our intro? He introduces himself to Spidey at the end of this scene, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Just so like, why did. Why did we need Put this? Put them on parallel paths. Yeah. Like, let the audience uh, be like, who is this guy? Yeah. And, like, yeah. I mean, even his interaction with Gwen, like, that could wait until she's down on the ground. And then he, like, runs up to her and she's like, Eddie, we've been on one date. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'll uh, be totally honest. I'll be completely honest. You know what I would, would it change? If you, if you were to say you can rewrite the entire Eddie Brock storyline in this. Mm-hmm. I th- this is this is what I would do. I would take out Gwen Stacy and Captain Stacy altogether, completely. Just remove them from the story. Have mm-hmm. Eddie Brock live in another apartment in the building with Peter, <laughs> <laughs> and he actually ends up with Ursula. Ah, <sighs> oh, and so the ultimate betrayal. Yeah, and so Ursula is the one that is dating Eddie Brock, or kind of not really dating Eddie Brock because mm-hmm. she really has feelings for Peter, but is kind of settling. You know, mm-hmm. like that's yeah, that's more. I think what I yeah. would do. And she like and then, feels she, awkward when she is a, around Peter and Eddie comes up, and it's sort right, of like right, well, right. I'm like I've gone on a few dates with him because right. he pays attention inter- to me. Right, exactly. Because then you can introduce him earlier as just like the creepy, sleazy guy that also lives in this building. Mm -hmm. And you can also introduce, you know, other people that live in that building other than the (laughs) three of them, you know? Um, And and you could see his apartment. Like, how cool would it have been to like have the scene with uh, uh, Mary Jane and then like Peter like leaves out the window and then you kind of like follow her out and she goes down a floor and then you see Eddie leaving also. And, and you because, see a police scanner in his room. He's, he's grabbing right. his camera. Oh, he's like he's slinging his right. camera over his shoulder as he's running down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Right. And he, right. Like, he like bumps her as he's running past her. Right. And he's kind of he's a jerk a about it. He's got a motorcycle instead of a scooter. Yes. He still has a little red yeah, helmet. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, this, <laughs> this Eddie Brock probably can't do a motorcycle. This isn't this isn't the the animated series Eddie Brock where he's got like well, weight yeah. set in his I, in I mean, his but, apartment. You know, but I think but I think he I think he just because he's not just because he couldn't pull off a motorcycle doesn't okay. mean he shouldn't have one. He wouldn't try. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah, right. that's just going to accentuate how big of a dork this guy is. Yeah. Oh my god. So we could see him there and then when Peter ends up back home like the first time he runs into like Eddie in the apartment they both the apartment building they both live in he's like coming up the stairs eating chocolate cake <laughs> yes oh man and peter sees it yes and he, he like takes a double take at the chocolate cake and eddie's just like hey yeah, yeah. That's true. like i think i think the the idea of like 
he can't get away from this guy, mm-hmm. you know? And then <sighs> as sweet revenge, Eddie can't get away from him. Like, <sighs> the, like the, 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 the fact that like it starts in one way and then mm-hmm. the scales balanced in the other direction, I think is like an interesting way to play it because then it shows you exactly the differing kind of people they are. Peter puts up with it, swallows it, lets it happen until he's, you know, endowed with the alien symbiote and then uh, makes a lot of bad decisions. But mm-hmm. Eddie then takes it and then he's just like, you know what? Screw this guy. I'm going to ask God to kill him. <laughs> like, like, like it, he's a very different kind of person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. Thank you. That was a delightful, uh, like, uh, narrative digression. Yeah. That is, I like that. Uh, that risk. That's a, I'm usually not a fan of like saying, "Oh, it would be better if," but I really like that. It would be better uh-huh. if yeah. <laughs> that sequence. That, that was a great one. It's fun to play with it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just feel like it's not a full week on Spider-Man Minute if we don't have at least one moment where I'm like, "Man, I would love to peer through the interdimensional telescope and watch whatever alternate thing Scott has dreamt." <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's, thank you. What, what's on the other sp- side of that Spider Verse? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It's like oh, multiverse a... city now. Um, yeah. Multiverse so, like city. that. Just um, so, so, so I think one reason why this film is sometimes viewed as the lesser of the Raimi Spider-Man films is that there's there's so much going on, and it's not that there uh, you can have a lot going on, but they don't end up connecting. And like just those few tweaks you just did. Uh, because this one scene was sticking out to us as a particularly egregious example of something that, that totally wasn't working. It unifies several elements that feel at the moment disjointed. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, just a little bit of tweaking and streamlining uh, shows that there's a lot that's here that could work, but there's moments where mm-hmm. it just, because of some twists and turns in how the storytelling ends up getting presented, it doesn't feel like a unified whole. Right. Like, there, there's stuff in here there's so much good stuff. It's just not all mined properly, but right. I the 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 popular opinion of this movie were like it's garbage and trash, and there's no redeeming qualities to it at all. I just don't think you're it holds any water. <laughs> you trash, you trash, bro. <laughs> like there's this movie like is playing in interesting areas when it stumbles. If you can't get back on, I get it, but that doesn't mean that the rest of the tracks are broken mm-hmm. too. Yeah, like there's 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 good stuff in here. Yeah, and we, we, I, there's a big old. I don't train, think we're recording when we said it, but there is peak fight. James Franco in this film. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's peak several yeah. things in this film. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I've been, then, uh, uh, I, I mean, this is, I guess this is a little more global than, than digging into this minute for a second, but I, I was teaching mm-hmm. Poe recently in a class and we were talking about his, his theory of composition, which is all about, um, unity of effect, meaning like every choice <laughs> you make doesn't actually have to make sense in and of itself. It's all about creating a certain effect in the, in the, Ed, in the Edgar audience. Edgar Allen, Edgar Allen or Dameron? <laughs> Edgar Allen Poe. Yeah. Edgar Allen Poe, he has a desk called theory of composition where he talks about, uh, unity of effect that a writer should be making these choices about length, about, you know, word choice, about plot. You know, everything is all to create an effect in the reader. And maybe if you step back, you say, well, the plot didn't really make sense, but it doesn't matter if you got pulled along during the did, sequence. Did you feel? Yeah. Did you feel what the author was trying to create in you and i feel and, like and, well i mean also assuming that they were trying to create something worth feeling yeah uh and i feel like <laughs> with this right. one um some of the times where we're kind of like oh this this isn't working like the unity of effect is lost because there's too many different effects that seem to be trying to be reached mm-hmm. by 
the storytelling. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so it doesn't right. come together for, for us. And maybe we pick up and like, okay, if everything had this tone that has, is happening in this scene over here, that would be mm-hmm. fine. And if it had this tone that was happening in the scene over here, that's fine. But when you, they're right next to each other, back to back, we're like, ugh, this, this just doesn't work for it's, me. Um, so I was thinking about this earlier today, and it's sort of like, if you've ever worked on a project that wasn't maybe necessarily like fully collaborative, but you had to like get full approval on things like your boss had to sign off on stuff and you feel like you've got it and you're like, yeah, I've got this and this works together with this and this and this. And I've got my correct, you know, stylistic choices for all the things that I'm doing. And then your boss says, Mm -hmm. yeah, but I want you to change this thing. But I definitely (laughs) didn't want to do it that way. Like I thought about it that way and I don't want to do it. But my boss says I have to do it. And that's really going to kind of ruin the unity of effect, like Joseph's right. talking about. And so you've got moments in here where it's like, well, we wanted to do this whole thing, and it was 159 pages, and the budget was too much. And so the boss made us change this stuff, and it kind of ruined <laughs> the groove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh. It's... We, we kept expecting this sort of thing, but it has already been proving itself to be like such fun ground to play around with like a a movie that may not be everybody's favorite i think leads to interesting conversations sometimes more interesting conversations than bits that are oh this is obviously great or <laughs> yeah. this 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 movie is obviously great in or this is our favorite movie to see things like this and and to realize that it's not there's not a huge gulf between stumbling in a way where people will really drag you for it and making something that is delightful that people will forgive all of your struggles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, and that's what I think when just circling back to Poe, uh, when mm. you get that unity of effect, that's when you forgive those stumbles. Like it's like, okay, there's some nits yeah. to pick here, but, but I don't really works. care because I like it so much. But when it's like just a little much, you know, just falters a little too much and you're like, uh, now I see every flaw. You know, and that's what I end up remembering about the film more than I like. I really enjoyed the journey. Like I know for a lot of people, like the TV show Lost, the finale was too big a flaw for them. Like that was too big a hurdle, and they don't like the whole series now. But I still like. I had so much enjoyment in the series leading up to that that it doesn't take it away from me. Uh, You know, even if it's not maybe the you know the greatest finale to end all finales, and it didn't tie everything up, I still enjoyed the journey and you know the feeling that they were able to evoke in me as a viewer so much that I still really enjoyed the TV show. And And it felt relatively consistent all the way. Through. But but if it had stumbled maybe more frequently throughout, I'd start grabbing at all these threads that are sticking out, and the whole thing unravels. Yeah, yeah. It's like when when people talk about suspension of disbelief, I feel like it's less about whether I can actually vibe with unrealistic things happening in the film, and more about am am I not getting bumped out of my emotional engagement yes. with it? Because. Yeah. I, I don't I don't care at all that the like timer that Marty puts on his dashboard couldn't possibly ring at the exact right second that the lightning is striking or I don't really care that the DeLorean won't start at that moment because I'm emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. Right. The, I, I, the, the, I'm, any leap of logic is fine because the emotional through line is there. It's, a, it's not about the d- disbelief of things that are unrealistic. It's the disbelief of my my connection to caring. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I that's like that. wishy-washy, oh. but I think that's where this stuff like really lives mm-hmm. and not in the, however fun it is, not in the logic nitpicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And mostly I just feel bad for Topher Grace who had such a 
excellent and specific take on this character. Uh, a character that he loves, by the way, genuinely. Uh, mm-hmm. And it he just was introduced in the worst way possible. <laughs> and I just ruined the character for everyone watching this movie. And now he's sort of relegated to like, oh, remember that time they got Topher Grace to play Venom? Which I, uh, I really like that casting because he looks similar enough to Peter Parker that it really mm-hmm. does play into the idea that these guys are 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 doubling you know doubles of each yeah. other mm-hmm. yeah doppelgangers yeah 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 no i mean it's it's that's what they were going for but then the story doesn't do anything to play with that like they should play with it more and they and they don't and that's uh i mean they don't have time for it mm-hmm. honestly and that's uh it's a bummer it's a bummer because i think i honestly think that like uh, you know look there's there's stuff to cut in this and i think that if you're going to cut anything unfortunately the thing you should be cutting is sandman because he's the one that doesn't have a lot of connection to anything else and like his arc doesn't really conclude like (laughs) like does he do anything to take care of his daughter in the end I don't know. He just, you know, goes goes He's off into peace. the sunset. Well, and, and like, yeah, yeah, like his his whole motivation is so clearly defined at the beginning. You know, like, okay, I, I'm I need to go do these things to take care of my daughter, and then he's there at the big fight because he hates Spider Man at the end, and then he doesn't. And and like the turn right. isn't doesn't feel earned. Like whatever turn is supposed to have been there, it just feels like unmotivated. His whole presence right. in the third act, right? It, right. He's just kind of there. Yeah. Right, and I'm sure that he fit in just fine in the 159-page mm-hmm. draft. Like, mm-hmm. there was probably even a scene where he, where like his, uh, the the his, his uh, the mother of his child, uh, <laughs> whatever <laughs> she is yeah. to him, I don't know. Yeah. The mother of his child, like, probably like wakes up in the morning one morning and like has all the medicine that they need for her, like on or like a duffel bag full of money or something and it's mm-hmm. like it's like you know oh yeah sometimes people do bad things for good reasons like that all leads back into our theme okay great perfect print it <laughs> um but then they cut that scene because they needed to save 25 pages and they just cut 25 pages without like thinking about the ramifications of what this was doing to the story maybe cut the more expensive pages because then you have to cut less pages <laughs> did you think about maybe cutting yeah. this crane sequence because <laughs> as cool as it is it also seems very expensive and does very little to the plot of the movie and it feels so a bit redundant you... to stuff we've already seen in spider-man movies yeah yeah true yeah true um i mean it's gonna look cool as hell when spider-man shows up presumably (laughs) but but i mean like yeah out of all the sequences is like like the the fight earlier in the or the the goblin fight is that earlier in the movie yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's the first goblin fight yeah it's like that's that's pretty amazing you gotta keep that subway fight pretty amazing gotta keep it this uh... (laughs) yeah yeah, the only thing it sets up is that the 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 princess of New York wants to kiss Spider Man. Like that's but, all it sets up. But like, really, does um, she? Because he kind of like pushes it. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, I don't. Mm, so like, I don't. Is she just like grateful? I don't think she's like. Do I get to kiss my yeah. hero? I'm wondering yeah, if, right. if in the larger version of the script, we found out what Gwen Stacy did to that crane because the crane <laughs> is still hunting her in this, in yeah, this we, minute. We just, just, it's now, it's well, now uppercutting well, through the building to try and get her one last time. Here's the thing. Little known fact about the crane in Spider-Man three. It's actually Sam Raimi's take on Craven the hunter. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get a fourth it's, one in. I'm doing it now. It's the hunter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, See, the security God. guard always was Craven the hunter. <laughs> right. Throw out those oh, Mysterio wow. theories about Bruce Campbell, but... <laughs> Yeah, he just had those. The crane operator well, has combined... been doing this so he could get at Spider Man because he's hunting. <laughs> they combined Craven and his brother, the chameleon. <laughs> That's why he is changing his face and his um, occupation. Mm. Yeah, so so we are back in, in in the building. We've pivoted back to the scene. Um, this desk, I don't know where it came from. Also, do you guys think it hits her? Because I think it hits her, and Joseph does not. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, oh, I think, right in the face. Oh, like, I, there's a noise. It's like a meaty punch sound, like Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. I always assume she saw it like coming in and like beat. dropped down before it got to her. Yeah. I think. No, I think. I think, it's I think funny. it hits her a I, little I think, bit somehow. I, yeah. No, I think it definitely hits, smacks her right in the face. Uh, <laughs> and and I also think that uh, the reason it's sliding now, when we clearly saw <laughs> everything the, slide, the crooked part of the floor was completely clear, except for that telephone. Um, I'm convinced that one of the other models kicked that thing down <laughs> at her. Shoved it over the edge. Oh, yeah. it's lined up. I'm taking it. I'm taking my shot. <laughs> yeah. It's like she Take was on top shot. of the copier. See who's on top I'm of the gonna... copier now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Golly. Uh. <laughs> I've got a secret. <laughs> Is that going to be it's like the a copier? Yeah, and then she just kicks the copier. <laughs> that going to be a catchphrase that carries through the season now. I've got a secret. Oh. I've got a secret. It's my whatever. Uh, don't there are tell plenty Harry. of secrets in this film. It's, it's yeah, the don't there's... tell Harry. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've a got a secret. Don't tell Harry. It's the copier. <laughs> um. But yeah, Actually, so it, little known fact about the copier. The copier is, in fact, Sam Raimi's take on the chameleon. <laughs> Man. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, that's who it should be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it, the desk comes over the edge. We see Spider-Man swinging in, so he yeah. does have a presence uh, at this I, moment. Sure. Get, I, I'm not sure always what he's webbing onto as he swings in this in sequence. Fact, there's some moments where I'm definitely not sure what he's webbing onto. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm almost sure he can't be webbing onto anything <laughs> in his last swing of the of the of the scene, where he's like fully parallel with the path. In yeah, between so he's the, like uh, he's like coming buildings. up. You yeah. can see. Um, you can see the crane, and he's coming from the opposite direction than we've seen everything, it looks like. Sure. Right? Um, I yeah. think so. I don't know. Well, yeah. from the angle of the crane... Hang on. Let me, <laughs> let me look at this again. Okay. Um, you know, there's like the angle... Listeners love the... it when we scrub video. <laughs> it's, it's so That's riveting. Favorite. <laughs> um, but yeah, the angle of the crane, you've got like... On the what the right side of the screen is where the crane operator is, and it's pointing down. Yeah, so he's yes. coming from, from uh, Radio op- City Music Hall side. Okay, so is that the opposite from what we've yeah. seen before? No, because we've seen Radio City Music oh, Hall before. Okay. I thought, yeah, yeah, huh? So it's like the the angle looking up at whatever he's just coming from where we've already oh, seen. Yeah, before, essentially. Okay, I yeah. thought. Maybe okay. I, well, I'm thinking of when the cops first showed up. The crane operator is on the left of the screen. Yes. And now when Spider-Man's coming in, crane operator's on the right side of the screen. Yeah. Yeah. So we. That's where the. That's where like um, Captain Stacy came from. Oh, that oh, yeah, side that's of the right. screen. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got yeah. It. The other cops came from the other side. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah, we had Radio Cop before, but Radio City Music Hall Cop right. is on the other side. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Who is the one that hangs with Stacy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Captain Stacy. When Andrew was just um, scrubbing the video, I thought for sure I saw a falling body, but it turns out it was just a desk chair falling <laughs> behind <laughs> Gwen Stacy's head. Um, yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, like, like um, Spidey seems to be getting pretty high on this swing, and like he's mm-hmm. getting to a high part of a high building. So there can't be a lot of stuff available for him to be swinging at, at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's an errant flagpole. Or, yeah. Or like, a, I mean, those are everywhere in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films <laughs> when you need them. Definitely, it, yeah. Sometimes There's not even a building attached to it. There's just a flagpole <laughs> in the sky. There does seem to that be. That you can just hook I, the sky. I think there is a tall building. To the right. But it seems yeah. improbable. <laughs> Yeah. What the other thing that seems improbable here is like how heroic the music is through the whole section here, mm-hmm. which is that like it's on the it's on the sh- crane side of things. <laughs> yeah, it's this just like so happy that like this crane is wrecking stuff, and this girl's gonna die, and we're having fun, and here's Spidey, I guess. But we like there's no they don't do danger music <laughs> over the scary parts. It's just triumphant the whole back half of this minute, up up to and including. Mm-hmm. This final beat where the tra- <laughs> where the crane does the uppercut. The music, the, yeah, the crane does the uppercut. I, I mean, don't know. Really, I, just... I don't know who built this crane. This is a heck of a short circuit. <laughs> like this is <laughs> this is a heck of a glitch where it yeah. it it yeah. spun the pillar or the the I beam. <laughs> it cut across below, and then now it swung down back into a building and straight up without without stopping with any of this resistance. Buildings it just don't turns it down. into a, like an it just turned into like an out of control robot like <laughs> I it's amazing I I don't I don't know yeah. like I don't know who builds a crane like this but it's out of control so it is what it is and <laughs> like isn't that where the term fail safe comes from that like you want to build uh-huh. systems yeah. so that when they fail well, it defaults to a well, safe I, thing not to not to totally undercut your point but these are the same people that just tied an I beam off with a. <laughs> With like a loop lasso. loose lasso, it's not not even tied. It's just wrapped and hooked. They're not there because the guy knew exactly where the center of gravity was on the I beam. So and someone else is controlling the it. wind. Like mm, yeah, I so, know. Luck. You know, I don't. I don't think they're big on fail safes with this company. I think uh, fair enough. They may have been uh, pinching some pennies, cutting some corners I, well, on uh, hiring this crew. And, and I, do, I oh. going back to this building that's getting taken out. They must have built that building too and cut some corners on uh yeah do you, yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just, <laughs> that was unintentional Literally. but i'm very glad i said it do you does it seem like this building's gonna go down i think it takes a lot to bring a whole building yeah. down okay yeah it, it i'm just worried with this uppercut like that, that whole is, corner is pretty complex. That is a lot now. of structural jam- da- damage that uh, and so yeah. I'm, I'm really concerned about that corner uh, I don't think it's gonna come down. I think they might have to bring it down. Okay. Like they might they might have to like just start like over. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do. But I don't I don't well I don't think, think it's, it's gonna all, come it, down on its fortunately, own. Fortunately it's balsa wood and, and styrofoam. Yeah. I, right, right. I, I remember yeah, a Superman so. comic where an entire skyscraper got like cleaved in, in two and the top half was literally falling and he caught it and, and put it back on top and zapped it in the corners with his <laughs> eyes, just with a quick spot weld, and called it good and flew off. 
So I think in but, the world of superheroes, well, we're going to be fine. I mean, <laughs> Joseph, as, as we talked about, the details of, of superpowers, I believe they have an explanation that when Superman grabs something, there's like an aura or field what? around it that helps maintain its structural <laughs> it, integrity. It's tactile telekinesis. Yeah, so he can, so he can so touch he the corner of something through and lift it without it breaking yeah. apart. But, but the spot weld holding okay, the entire building together is, is That's what, a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> That's the bigger yeah. issue here, perhaps. Yeah, well, maybe it was just a good enough spot weld that they could evacuate yeah, yeah. everybody. The, the stairwell lined up perfectly when he put it back on. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. Um, well, I, ho- I hope we can get to a point where they're worrying about reconstructing the building or getting people out of there. Because at the moment, I think we're just watching a lot of civilian murders <laughs> in, this, in this sequence. Yeah, uh, uh, Man of Steel got the really bad rap for like not caring about civilians in moments of day. <laughs> but we lost at least one person and a hot dog stand in this. Yeah. Yes. So where's the real <laughs> Sorry, I can't even finish that <laughs> terrible joke. Um, I just, uh, you know, I hope next week we can find out if uh, poor Gwen Stacy died Yeah, because she's, she's is... free-falling for a whole weekend. Yeah. <laughs> She oh, broke man. loose at the end from the uppercut. She did. Craven got what he came for. Yeah. Craven. 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 The hunter. I was looking oh, for it. So and late, you found guys, it. That's funny. I found it. <laughs> All right. I don't think we're gonna top that, folks. <laughs> All righty. Well, thanks for joining us this week, guys. Uh, it's our you. pleasure. Thank you for having us, and <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad I was here for the Cranevin pun. <laughs> the Cranevin. I'm, try- I'm trying to get like a Cranevin's <laughs> last hunt kind of connection. Yeah, I was going to sure. say this has been Cranevin's <laughs> last hunt. Oh my god! <laughs> Next time we see this crane, it's going to be dressed as Spider-Man <laughs> <laughs> with like a really big version of the black suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna Aww. be over over Peter Parker's grave. Oh man, He's looming <laughs> anyway. in the rain. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks so much for joining us this week, guys. Uh, one more time, where can people find you? Uh, we're involved in the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we talk about a great character and a great story, and you can find that at duelinggenre.com or you could look it up in uh, whatever podcast app you're using to listen to this episode right now. All right. Beautiful. Sounds great. And God, uh, those are efficient plugs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you can uh, you can check out uh, Zach and I on our Patreon, uh, the Dueling Genre Patreon. That's uh, duelinggenre.com slash support. $3 a month is all we ask for you to be a Patreon supporter, and you'll gain access to all of the exclusive podcasts that we uh, put up on our Patreon page, including the Weekend Bugle, the uh, on-again, off-again uh, podcast that Zach and I do look we're recording this it's a lot um so we're gonna do our best but it will be the only place you can hear about our thoughts about uh far from home so um you know we just did that one yeah we we did that one so if you're gonna want to hear um what we thought about that that's gonna be only on our patreon page so that is duelinggenre.com slash support three dollars a month that's all we ask and uh you'll just you'll just have it you can just listen to it you know I don't know. Be great. Anyway, sounds like a great deal. Yeah, I think so. Uh, And we'll be back on Monday with minute thirty-six. Bye, everybody. Bye.